Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 11, Exasperate and the White Ibex. I'm Maria Calanchini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. In today's episode, you will come along as Exasperate goes to the Swiss Alps and meets an Ibex. And if you want to see a picture of a real Ibex, just stay tuned, and at the end of the story, I'm going to tell you how you can go to the website, Goop Tales, and see all of the pictures that go with this story, and also how you can write your own story ending and submit it at gooptales.com to be published online for the rest of the world to read. So sit back, enjoy Exasperate and the White Ibex, and I will see you on the other side. Goop Tales, Episode 11, Exasperate and the White Ibex. When Exasperate tried to be polite, they called him gentlemanly quite. His manners were correct and nice. He never asked for jelly twice. Still, when he tried to misbehave, oh, how much trouble Exasperate gave. Chapter 1 Once upon a time, there was a dashing young goop called Exasperate. Exasperate had the manners of a true gentleman. He was polite and quite charming to all he met. He wore a feather in his hat and carried about a walking stick to hike high into the mountains. For the most part, Exasperate was excellent company and well-liked by his fellow goops. But he did have his moments where he could be downright exasperating. Out of the blue, he would indulge in the most exasperating behavior that would cause the other goops to roll their eyes and smack their heads. It wasn't too long ago that Exasperate was playing hide-and-seek with his goop friends, but when he was found, he would say, I think Fairy Vane is hiding behind the large hall mirror. Or, Nibbeline must be hiding in the kitchen cupboard. Or, Never share is in the toy closet. All of the goops found this type of behavior very exasperating. The goops were never quite sure if Exasperate was going to be a delight or if he was going to be exasperating. One crisp fall evening, Exasperate and Heichu decided to hike up to some nearby magical waterfalls that shone in the moonlight. At the beginning, Exasperate was quite a little gentleman. He showed Heichu the hidden path that led to the waterfall and told her how it was lit by fireflies that would show them the way in the moonlight. He even lent Heichu his walking stick and he helped her up and over the rocky paths. A little while later, Exasperate told Heichu that he wanted his walking stick back. So Heichu gave it back to him, although she wasn't sure why he needed it so badly. A few moments later, Exasperate used his walking stick to hit a tree branch. All sorts of foliage and bark rained down all over Heichu. Heichu didn't appreciate this at all. 
but she kept on hiking. Then Exaspery did it again. This time, a hard acorn hit Heichu on the head, and she began to get annoyed. The final straw happened when they arrived at the waterfalls. Exaspery reached into the water with his walking stick and splashed water all over Heichu. Now she was quite upset. You are exasperating, and I hate you, shouted Heichu. As she shouted the word exasperating, it echoed off the water, saying, Exasperating! Yes, that is me, said Exasperate, and he began to shout his name so loud that it echoed over and over. Exasperate! 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 Stop, please, said Heichu. You're so annoying! Exasperate! 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 He shouted even louder. I'm leaving, said Heichu. You are just too exasperating to be around. Heichu turned around and disappeared down the firefly path before Exasperate could say another word. Exasperate just continued climbing rocks closer and closer to the falls as he shouted his name. He was on the edge of a very precarious rock with rushing water beneath him as he shouted again, This time, the reverberation of the echo combined with the water was so loud and strong that Exaspery slipped and fell. He went tumbling down, down, down into the waterfall as he heard the water echo back. Exasperate. You will learn your lesson. Chapter 2 Exasperate felt himself land with a thud on the hard ground. He shook his head and looked around. Everywhere he looked, he was surrounded by snow-covered mountain peaks and a serene lake. He had been transported to the most glorious Swiss Alps. As he got up and started to amble around, he struggled to keep his balance. Out of the clear blue sky, he heard a deep voice say, Strange one. Exasperate looked up to see an intimidating, regal creature staring down at him. The creature had the most mammoth curled horns that Exasperate had ever seen. The horns were taller than Exasperate, and they looked terrifying. Exasperate froze in fear. He had no idea what sort of creature this was or what he may do next. Worry not. I won't hurt you. My horns are scarier than they look. What are you? asked Exasperate. Well, I should be asking you. What are you? I'm an ibex, and I live here in Switzerland. But I've never seen anyone like you before, said the ibex with a question in his voice. Well, I'm a goop. I live with my goop friends in Goop World, replied Exaspery as he twirled his walking stick. A goop? Huh, I have never heard of that before, said the ibex. Well, goops are quite nice in general, 
but we all have a naughty little habit that we are named after. My name is Exaspery, because according to the other goops, I can be quite exasperating at times, although I must say I fail to see that. Time will tell, said the Ibex. What do you mean, time will tell? asked Exaspery. Just that, time will tell. It always does, replied the Ibex. Well, I want you to tell me, not time, stated Exaspery. Like I said, time will tell. From what I can sense from this conversation, you may have earned your name, said the Ibex. Time will tell, said Exaspery in a disgruntled voice. What does that mean? You should just tell me. It seems to me that you aren't really listening, said the Ibex. Of course I'm listening, Exaspery retorted. I must be off to the Matterhorn. We have the Ibex dance tomorrow, and I don't want to be late, said the Ibex. I want to come to the Ibex dance, announced Exaspery. Well then, you'll have to come to the Matterhorn and get past the white Ibex. And with that, the Ibex hopped up and over a cliff edge and disappeared. Exaspery walked to the edge of the cliff and looked down. The ibex was quick and nimble, and he was more than halfway down the cliffside. Even though Exaspery could move down a cliff quickly, he knew he could not catch up with the ibex. Nonetheless, he started down the cliff using his walking stick for balance. White ibex, thought Exaspery to himself. How am I ever going to find this Matterhorn? and this white ibex. As Exaspery was making his way down the cliff, his walking stick got caught in some rocks. Alas, he slipped and fell, and tumbled all the way to the bottom of the cliff, and landed right on top of what looked like a white, fluffy patch of snow. Hey, watch where you sit, piped the soft, fluffy patch. Exaspery stood up and found himself staring down at a fluffy white rabbit. What in the world? You can't just go around sitting on rabbits, said the indignant rabbit. Sorry, said Exaspery. I'm trying to find a Matterhorn and a white Ibex, and I don't really know what I'm doing. Exaspery told the white rabbit, whose name was Cedric, all about the white ibex and the Matterhorn and the ibex dance. Cedric got very excited and said that he wanted to come. He told Exaspery about the legend that if you saw the ibex dance, you could make any wish you wanted and it would come true. But legend also said that no one had ever gotten past the white ibex. Cedric went on to explain to Exaspery that the Matterhorn was one of the highest and most majestic Alps in Switzerland, and they could catch the Swiss Bernina train to get there. Exasperate and Cedric set off to ride the elegant red Swiss Bernina train to the Matterhorn. Unfortunately, the train station was a long way off. 
By the time they arrived there, the Bernina had already left. Exaspery was very disappointed, and he let Cedric know it. This can't be, he said in a discontented tone. Well, it is, said Cedric firmly. But it can't be, Exaspery whined again. Exaspery, stop being so exasperating and listen to me. I am telling you, the train has left the station. We need to find another way. Let's just follow the train tracks until the next train comes so we can hop on the train from the tracks. So off they went along the tracks for what seemed like hours. After many miles, the train tracks turned into a very high and large bridge that led into a dark tunnel cutting right through the cliffs. Exaspery turned and looked at Cedric. Should we cross? He asked with trepidation. We must, or we will never get to the Ibex dance on time, replied Cedric. They started to cross the very high bridge. Exaspery did his very best not to look down. He focused on the track in front of him and on talking to Cedric. But just as he was about to tell Cedric about his favorite magic trick, he felt a strong vibration on the tracks. His little legs began to wobble. Even with his walking stick, he started to lose his balance. Exaspery looked back behind himself. The red Swiss Bernina was moving at full speed ahead toward Exaspery and Cedric. There was nowhere to go but to jump off the bridge, which was very, very, very high. Chapter 3 Cedric, what do we do? gasped Exaspery. Cedric was frozen in fear and couldn't say a word. The two of them stood there and stared in horror as the Swiss Bernina came right toward them. Exaspery knew he had to think of something. There was no time for his usual complaints and exasperation. He told Cedric to hop on his back. Then he took his walking stick and hooked it to the edge of the bridge, grabbed the end of the stick, and swung over the side of the bridge with Cedric on his back. Both Cedric and Exaspery clung to the brick wall below them as the Swiss Bernina whizzed by above them. You've done it, Exaspery. You saved us. Just don't look down, said Cedric. Exaspery and Cedric were hanging from the tiny walking stick, but they were still hundreds of feet above the ground. I can do this. I'm an expert climber, said Exaspery. Just stay on my back, and I can scale this wall to the ground. Cedric was too terrified to say a word. He closed his eyes and clung to Exaspery's back as they scaled the brick wall all the way down to the ground below. When they finally landed safely on firm ground, Cedric opened his eyes, hopped off Exaspery's back, and gave him a huge hug. Thank you, Exaspery. You're welcome. But now what? 
We can't take the Swiss Bernina anymore, said Exaspery. I know, I've been thinking about that, and I have a plan, said a very confident Cedric. Cedric told Exaspery about some nearby cliffs where Ibexes played. He would ask a strong, young, friendly Ibex for a ride to the edge of the Matterhorn. Cedric and Exaspery set off to the cliffs to look for a friendly Ibex. As they scanned the horizon, rocks from the cliffs above them tumbled down onto Exaspery's head. Ouch! Who did that? complained Exaspery. He looked up to see a young Ibex staring right back at him. Look! Exaspery said to Cedric as he pointed to the Ibex. Cedric hopped up the cliffside and introduced himself to the little Ibex, whose name was Leo. Cedric then asked Leo to give them a ride to the Matterhorn and introduce them to the white Ibex. I can take you to the Matterhorn, but you must find the white Ibex for yourself. He will only surface if your energy is just right, explained Leo. So Cedric and Exaspery hopped on Leo's back, and off they went in the direction of the Matterhorn. Leo was quick and sprightly. He could leap up and down mountain cliffs with the grace of a ballerina. He made the extraordinarily difficult look incredibly easy. Exaspery was in awe. He wished that he could learn to mountain climb like young Leo. Exaspery asked Leo, how he was able to climb with such ease. Leo told him that all ibexes had hooves with sharp edges and concave undersides that acted like suction cups to grip the steep, rocky cliffs. Exaspery wished that he had hooves that could act as tiny suction cups. As they approached the Matterhorn, the air grew chilly. The sun was setting and snow appeared on the ground. Leo took Exaspery and Cedric to the base of the Matterhorn, where they were surrounded by blankets of snow. As they said their goodbyes, Leo reminded them that the white ibex could feel their energy. Leo warned them to be mindful about how they behaved, or the white ibex might not appear. Exaspery nodded in understanding, and Leo quickly turned around to go to his home. Both Exaspery and Cedric looked up to view the Matterhorn at the same time that the orange sun was setting behind it. The Matterhorn was majestic and overwhelming all at once, and its beauty stunned Cedric and Exaspery into a moment of rare silence. After a long pause, Exaspery turned to Cedric and said, Where will we spend the night? Where is the white ibex? I'm cold. I want to see the Ibex dance. Exaspery, said Cedric in a scolding manner. We can figure this out, just like we did on the train track. But you need to settle down and help me think. Sorry, sighed Exaspery. I get anxious sometimes. I've got it. We'll make a snow cave. We can spend the night there and then look for the white Ibex in the morning exclaimed Cedric. Cedric and Exaspery set about building their snow cave by the light of the moon, which shone down on them like a giant flashlight.
They dug into the snow and carved out a little cave with icy white walls. Exasperate even built a little ice footstool to sit on. As they were about to go inside the ice cave for the night, a shadow moved across the snow in complete silence. It was tall and regal, with two enormous curled horns, and it was impossible to see who or what was causing the shadow. It vanished just as quickly as it appeared. Exasperate was desperate to find the white ibex, so he called out in the darkness, Is that you? Is that you, white ibex? As he stood in stillness waiting for an answer, he heard his voice reverberate back, White ibex, white ibex, in an echoing tone, White ibex, white ibex. The vibration of Exasperate's voice caused an avalanche. Snow from the Matterhorn came tumbling down and completely enclosed the ice cave. There was no escape. Chapter 4 Exasperate! What have you done? cried Cedric. We're trapped. We won't get out of here until the snow melts later in the spring. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're stuck again because of me. But we can figure this out, just like we've done before. Exasperate and Cedric looked around. There was nothing in the ice cave but snow and ice and a little ice footstool for Exasperate. They decided to sleep and wait until morning to devise an escape plan. Before he fell asleep, Exasperate said out loud, Send me a sign, to no one in particular. The next morning, Exasperate was the first one to wake up, and when he looked around, he saw large icicles hanging in the back of the ice cave. A helpful idea came to him, and he quickly said, Wake up, Cedric! Look at those icicles! We can use them to dig our way out! Cedric hopped right up and over to the icicles. He broke one off and started chipping away at the blocked door. All morning, Cedric and Exasperate used the icicles to dig into the snow and create an opening. They were both determined to find the white ibex and watch the ibex dance. Nothing could stop them. After several hours of non-stop digging, they finally saw a bit of daylight streaming in. We're almost there. Keep going, said Cedric. After a few more strong swings with an icicle, they finally broke through the snow-blocked doorway and scrambled outside again. It was a glorious day and the sun was shining on them. The ibex dances tonight. We have to find the white ibex soon, said Exasperate. I want my wish. Me too, said Cedric. But neither one of them had any idea where to find the white ibex. What do you do when you don't know what to do? asked Exasperate. Well, I think the best thing would be to just start doing something. Because doing nothing will only get us nothing said Cedric. You're right. Let's start walking up towards the top of the Matterhorn. 
Cedric and Exaspery started trudging up the Matterhorn, and as they did, they stopped to admire the view all around them. There were stunning lakes and mountains everywhere they looked. They also saw a few ibexes running around, but the white ibex was not to be seen. It wasn't long before Exaspery grew tired and started to complain. I'm tired. We'll never see the ibex dance. Stop it, snapped Cedric, who didn't want to listen to Exaspery complain. We can do this. Just look at how we survived the Swiss Bernina and being trapped in a snow cave. We can do this. Once again, Exaspery had to adjust his attitude, remind himself about how much he wanted his wish and how much he wanted to see the Ibex dance. The two continued to walk in silence, step by step. They didn't say a word for hours. The quietness between them hung in the air with the most peaceful energy. It was as if you could touch it. Then something happened. It was at the most silent moment of all that the white Ibex appeared before them. Both Exaspery and Cedric froze in their tracks and did not speak a word. The white ibex was the most magnificent creature either one of them had ever seen. He was standing in a clearing with green trees behind him. His eyes were gleaming yellow, and everything else about him was white as snow, including his horns. He nodded his head in a small bow towards both of them and they each nodded back, not knowing what else to do. Then the ibex turned into the clearing and marched off without a sound. Exaspery and Cedric followed him as quickly as they could, while remaining a respectful distance behind. Shortly, the white ibex stopped and turned towards them, gave another small bow, and then disappeared again. In the clearing where he had led them were groups of ibex dancing. They were standing on their hind legs and rearing up and down in sheer delight. Exaspery and Cedric looked at each other and hopped up and down in joy. They felt such a sense of happiness and accomplishment all at once. After all of the challenges they had overcome, they were finally watching the ibex dance. We've done it. We've seen the white ibex and the ibex dance. Thank you, Exaspery, for taking me on this journey, said Cedric. Oh, thank you, Cedric. I couldn't have done any of this without you. And now it's time for our wish. They both looked directly at each other and made the same wish. And just like that, Exaspery found himself back at the waterfall where he had left Hachu. He set off to find her to tell her all about the white ibex. Little did Exaspery know that Heichu was stuck deep inside a giant head of cabbage. But that is a tale for another time. So I hope you enjoyed Exaspery and the White Ibex. And if you did, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes. 
because that is how I get the ratings for Goop Tales. And please tell your friends and family that you know would like these stories and help me spread the word about Goop Tales. So now, if you want to see all of the pictures that go with this story and see what an Ibex looks like, just go to gooptales.com forward slash episode 11. That's the number 11. And you'll be able to see all the photos that go with this story and look for the tiny exasperi hidden in every photo. And you can also download the first half of this story and then write your own ending and get exasperi out of his situation with the train and submit it online at gooptales.com and I will publish it on the page for exasperi. So that's it for today, and I will see you next time in Goop Tales episode 12, Hate You and the Ferocious Pink Cabbage. Until then, make every day a goop day.